1: can the hawks surprise some people are there any issues with the clippers will the lakers contend for the top of the west the only question left is say it with me you win hey sports fans coach nick here and welcome to the b-ball breakdown podcast Today, I am honored to have Bo Estes on the show, who is the NBA TV and NBA.com voice of the highlights that we hear. Bo, how's it going, my man?
0: Uh, It's going great. Uh, Like I was telling you earlier, I feel like I'm at the very bottom of a mountain. Mm -hmm. I'm looking up and the season is, you know, basically the end of the season is the pinnacle of that mountain. And we're getting ready to climb to the top of it again. But uh, I'm excited and I'm honored to be here.
1: You know, it's funny because I'm going through the same kind of feelings right now. And I wonder... Are we is there any trepidation at all or is it is it pure, uh, unadulterated excitement and energy to go or is there any kind of, oh, my God, we're about to go into an avalanche of of craziness (laughs) for the next six months?
0: I mean, I think there is the avalanche of craziness that is coming. Uh, And I feel that, you know, from my perspective at work, I think, you know, all the teams feel that Uh, it's a cycle, this business. This is my 26th year. I'm starting with Turner Sports. So uh, I've been doing it for a while. And uh, one of the things that I've learned is with with Summer League and WNBA, the year is it's becoming 365. Mm -hmm. Uh, But still that that feeling at the start of the season uh, and and this season feels a little different uh, since there's not an overwhelming favorite. But that that feeling at the start of the season is always, you know, I, I get the feeling like I'm looking up and I'm getting ready to climb a mountain.
1: For sure. And I feel like listeners are probably it's weird for them to hear you just having a conversation versus hearing you normally <laughs> do Do I need all- to talk in rhyme and talk, do a top
0: ten or something real yeah, quick? Yeah, right. Well, do you have any any new catchphrases or any new phrases you want to use this year? You know what's funny is in I, I basically ad lib most of it, but I, I think somehow naturally I, I talk in rhyme. But yeah, I, I will definitely have new stuff for you. I don't I don't know that I have anything new sitting here right now, but it, it's it's <laughs> always new, and it's always fresh. Well,
1: you know, let, let's get into the NBA a little bit because I feel like, uh, you know, th- your perspective on the NBA every night just having to, you know, they, I, and I guess if you want to quickly walk us through, it's basically they, they do the highlight package for you and they send it over to the voiceover, I'm assuming,
0: right? Or do you write the voiceover yourself? No, they send it. So what they do is uh, there is a a specific person whose job it is to edit the game, and there's a person that's paired with him who they call a logger. That logger watches every single moment of that game and records everything that happens. They work together uh, and they put a highlight together that is uh, sent to me. And I voice that highlight, and that's what goes out to the world. So that's the first part of my night. Uh, And then they send me the top ten that everybody seems to be familiar with. And we we do something else called the Fast Break, which is a wrap-up of of the entire day in the NBA – that goes out on, on, on several different platforms. I, I believe it's, it's one of those things that you can ask, uh, what is it, Alexa on uh, <laughs> Amazon, and you can get your uh, fast break. So I think we do all of that stuff, and that's just my NBA role. I, I do some NCAA stuff. I, I've done some golf stuff as well, but the NBA is the priority. Fascinating. So, OK, so, um, you know,
1: your perspective, though, is, is it's it's so intense and crazy in those, in those uh, you know, blast of moments where you have to get this stuff done. So I suppose I, I'm kind of curious to hear uh, your response to some of these teams and how we're going into the season, and how you feel like. So why don't we start like let's just do something crazy. Let's start where you are right now in Atlanta. Um, let's talk about the
0: Hawks for a minute, because I think that they're going to be better than people think. Yeah, I do too. I think it's 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 one of those things where it's a bit of a wild card, but the early returns are good for me. Uh, they've got five key contributors who are 22 years old or younger. That's Cam Reddish at 20, Trey Young at 21, Kevin Herter 21, DeAndre Hunter 21, and John Collins at 22. That's a young squad right there. But I think that second half of last year gave Hawks fans a bunch of hope. I mean, if, if you remember, uh, Trey Young started out really slow from three, but in the second half, he basically shot 35% from downtown. He, he was nearly a 25-point-per-game scorer after the All-Star break. So uh, there's a lot of hope here. Uh, and, and in Atlanta, this is a city that's been starved for a star. Uh, you know, Steve Smith was a a bit of a star here. I mean, in, in fairness, Mookie Blaylock was a star. Joe Johnson was a star. But it's been since Dominique Wilkins, yeah. since since this city has had a guy that they just really, uh, everybody pays and goes downtown to see play.
1: For sure. And Trey Young, I, I think could, it could blossom in that role. And I think what's overlooked is, I don't know how much overlooked it is, but certainly you mentioned his scoring, but is his passing. Really, I think will ultimately be the thing that people remember him by it really, especially at his size. They, they did all the measurements, the accurate measurements. I, he's not 6'2", is he? They just came out with it
0: like 30 minutes ago. He's one. he He's been downgraded to one, which <laughs> okay. is interesting because that's what they threw Donovan Mitchell out there as. And I would have never thought Trey Young and Donovan Mitchell are the same size.
1: Oh, you know, and that actually is interesting because, yeah, they, you know, that might explain some things about Mitchell. Although um, I just did a video on him this summer about uh, why he didn't finish that well in college. And then all of a sudden he started finishing a lot better. And even still, anybody who can finish a layup or a floater in the NBA at 6'1
0: will forever have the most respect I can ever give anybody. It's, it's the Lou Williams thing, right? That's what he has sort of patented is his ability to sort of hit that floater, get all the way to the basket and uh, shoot threes. When I, cu- I I first saw Lou Williams when he was a sophomore in high school and he was as athletic as anybody I've ever seen, but the way his game has evolved uh, it sort of mirrors the way I think so many players' game has to evolve with the modern NBA because there's the three-pointer in the layup, but if you can get that at 6-1, that in-between shot that the defense have, has to respect, it gives you an opportunity to do more things and even, even 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 like you mentioned, passing it, it gives you an opportunity to to create more passing angles, too. For sure. And then, yeah, and then they'll just
1: continue to open up uh, the the shots for him as well that he can do from deep. Uh, I love this team, actually. You're right. Like you said, they're really young. But I'm trying to I'm scratching my head here because it feels like, you know, between Trey Young and John Collins and Herter can space the floor really well. I like DeAndre Bembry. He's a friend of the breakdown um, and all sorts of other players they have. So the question here is, it seems like they, they should be able to score. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to see Cam Reddish and how he develops, uh, and DeAndre DeAndre Hunter, who I like as well. So, the, what is going to be the weakness here? What do you think is going to hold them back, or not, or or keep them from you know making the playoffs, for instance?
0: Well, I'll tell you what. Our NBA TV researchers send us out uh, sort of in-house previews. Uh, before the season starts, and the, and the thing that they sent me, you know, you know, you see their offensive rank, and then you see their defensive rank, and it, and it doesn't have a number in parentheses. Okay. It just says last. They have to be better defensively, and they have to be better in a hurry. I think, and I, I don't know how you feel about that with your background, but it that may be a tough thing for a young squad to develop quickly, not just individually from a defensive standpoint, but how you work together to create stops and to get rebounds and and, and Stuff like that. I think that's a challenge. And, you know, who off the bench that's a veteran can really help them in that regard? I mean, I think obviously the first person you turn to is Vince Carter. Can Evan Turner help you? I don't know. Uh, But that to me is their child. They have to be significantly better defensively next year.
1: Yeah, I agree. This- and those are not exactly the guys like Evan Turner. I mean, Alan Crab. you know, he's, he's, yeah. he's fine. Um, you know, uh, so they, but you know, it's, it's really going to be a team thing and whether or not the coaching staff can, can get more of these things instilled. I know, um, you know, with the Spurs background there, there should be some good, you know, fundamentals there. And they were 27th last year on B-Ball ref. So I, if I were a coaching staff, I'd say, okay, guys, let's just see if we can get that defensive rating to like 20th.
0: You know what I mean? Sure. That would be small goals, manageable goals. Right. I guess. Yeah. They, they were last in points per game and they got a little better in some stuff. They were better three point defensively. But you're right. You just have to set realistic goals. They're not going to be first this year. They're probably not going to be top five uh, top tens a stretch so you're right if, if you're 20 if you're 18 that's more realistic and that's the direction they have to go
1: for sure and if they're in the Eastern Conference which they are and they're you know 20th in defensive rating and they're you know 15th in offensive rating in my mind that would get them somewhere close to that eighth spot in the east so that would be what they would do and then by the way that would give them you know the, the experience they need for probably what we would be expecting for next year which would be that's the real playoff run. Where we
0: get to see some real fun fireworks and some you know intensity. Well, it's interesting you mentioned that because the NBA is a game of windows to me, and their window is starting to open up. But you're right. When do you first step your toe into the playoffs? I, I guess the Orlando Magic did it last year. Are they now a team that's going to be in the playoffs more and more? I don't know, but I think it's I think it's the Hawks time to start pushing in that direction and, and opening that window up. Absolutely. Well, the window
1: that's wide open right now for a team is, I guess, the L.A. Clippers, or we get to L.A. in general because uh, we have a a, a crosstown rivalry. Actually, it's a cross stadium rivalry
0: uh, in the Clippers and the Lakers. So who do you want to talk about first? Uh, I I love both of the teams, but I I think the Clippers are interesting because, you know, for years, I grew up in Mission Viejo when I was really young. I lived out there and the Lakers were the team when I was a kid out there. Uh, They've still been the first team on everybody's mind. But I I think even if that's still true, the Clippers are, are really pushing them now.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I, I had said earlier when they got, when they amassed this team that this could be the best defensive team in the league. And it, it certainly should be. And they already had a nice pieces going together as well. So you, you have a little of everything for them. You have, you know, with, the only question now is the, the Paul George situation. When he comes back, he's missed training camp. I think that's really going to hurt them when you have so much turnover in this roster. If you don't have those few weeks to get together and really play and play these preseason games, uh, I, am I overblowing that? Or do you feel like that's an important thing that they're missing?
0: I think it matters. And I think patience matters. I think the good thing for them is they're a veteran team. Uh, and, and when you reach this point, I I don't really so much care what the, what the name says on the front of the Jersey. I mean, it's interesting uh, that it is the Clippers, but to me, Kawhi Leonard is a veteran who is interested in winning championships. Now they know it's about April, May and June. So there is time to build up to when you need to be peaking. Then, uh, it may be tough for them at first. It's, It's like you said, but, uh, to me, the thing that the Clippers need to improve on and they will improve on uh, last year, points per game, they were 25th in the league. Uh, they need to be better at that. And and as you're right, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George as uh, small forward, power forward, shooting guard, whatever you want to call it. That's that's some really good wing slash front court defense.
1: So my worry with them is a the center position because I, listen, Montrez Harrell is on the top of my list for favorite players uh, that I have in the league. Uh, sure. but, what, but what made him great was coming off the bench and being able to dominate, you know, against you know, the, a lot of the small ball stuff. So that's the real question in my mind, how they're going to end up getting enough play from that position, even though in the modern NBA, uh, it's probably less important to get like those crazy stats we used to get from that position. So what do you think about that?
0: Well, it's funny because I, I worked at a sports business classroom this summer and we, we go through this thing that's, that's basically you're assigned a team and you try to uh, create the best scenario for that team. Our team was the Clippers and our concern was the center position and basically, specifically guarding the Lakers big man, Anthony Davis. Uh, and, and so if you get deep into the playoffs, how do you handle a guy like that? Is Montrezl Harrell able to do that long term? Oh gosh, that's tough. But again, that's one of those: can anybody guard him? I think. Uh, I think if there is a weakness, it's that. Uh the the one saving grace is the 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 point you mentioned. The NBA is a small ball league now and, and maybe you can get by with, with running multiple people with help and stuff like that uh if you get in a series uh with an Anthony Davis.
1: Right. And and by the way, another friend of the breakdown he beats Zubats is also, you know, he's capable and I I like his game and he's had flashes where he shows the ability to actually have a nice touch on floaters and he could be a little bit of a presence at the brim. So, you know, in his twenty minutes he could get eight and eight or something. And then you throw Montrez Harrell as a curveball in there as a totally different kind of player. So they actually could, and they, they've low key added some good pieces here. Like Patrick Patterson, Jamichael Green, they kept who's another, all you know, these veteran guys that know how to play. So um, I feel good about that. Again, I I I pick them to win the championship. Um, I'm just you know it's the one spot that I'm a little bit worried about on that on the front line there because again yeah they're going to go they're going to play a small ball like most of the time with either I guess you're going to have to pick whoever is going to be the, the power forward Paul George or Kawhi Leonard when he comes back or when Paul comes back. So that's going to be an interesting uh, thing. I guess that's the other thing that Doc is going to have to deal with is sort of the lineups and figure out what are what's his optimal lineup because he's going
0: to have to balance getting Lou Williams in there too. It's going to be hard. Who do you start at center among that group? Do you keep Harrell as your off the bench option, or is he uh, significantly better than Zubats and, and you, you feel like you have to start uh, Harrell, Harrell?
1: Well, you know, against the Mavericks, they uh, the Harrell did not start; uh, they, they started Zubats. So I would think that they they like that that look, and and it certainly worked all last year for them. So that's what they're going to do, I suppose. But then they're probably going to have you know uh, keep their eye on it very closely, and if it becomes any kind of issue, they're going to have to you know do something. And, um, you know, they really don't have anybody else with size that, that makes you feel good about being able to start on a team that expects to win a championship. Oh. So,
0: you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I mean, you're looking at Mafundo Cabangeli and stuff like that, and you, you just don't know what people like that can give. But I, I guess I, when I ask who's going to start, the bigger question is who's going to finish a game. If there's five minutes left and you're you're tied up, who, who's in the game? But I oh. guess it, it may be Zubat still at that point. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, my my prediction would probably be
1: Harold, uh, Kawhi, Paul George, Lou Williams, and um, you know, I mean, probably not even Shamit. It's probably then uh, Beverly, um, and that's that's a lot of defense. It's it's some shoot. It's got everything in there. So I, I really like what they're doing. But as a great segue to the next team we want to talk about. The Lakers. They don't match up with the Lakers very well in the front court when they're starting Javale, uh, AD, and LeBron.
0: I'm not sure how that's going to work that well for them. Isn't that a giant lineup? I mean, everybody's talking about the lineup that the Sixers are going to start out on the court as being giants, and and rightfully so. But out, out west. This is a humongous lineup. Uh, Seven foot six, ten, six eight and a half, six nine. That that's that's giants out there, Uh, and and skilled giants at the three and the four position as well. Uh, I'll be fascinated to see because when I look at the Lakers at the one two or, or, or at the point guard position, Rondo, Quinn Cook, Alex Caruso is is down the stretch. We talk about finishing a game. Is LeBron basically the point guard in that scenario? And you're doing a best five option there. And I I think they can put. A, a wonderful best five out there to, to me, the question with the Lakers and it's a question with everybody, but maybe them even more is if somebody gets injured, where do they go?
1: Absolutely. I mean, listen, you can say that about every team. Sure. Right?
0: Yeah, sure. But
1: this one, you know, if either, you know, I mean, Anthony Davis or LeBron, obviously, and you know, that would never have been an issue with LeBron until last year. Um. So, so we would never even suggest that, but it, it certainly has to be on their minds, but they did. I have to say, they did do a pretty nice job with what they had after having to commit that much money to, those, to LeBron and to AD. They don't, you know, it wasn't a lot of things they could do at that point, and they did a nice job to fill out the roster with the people they could get. Um, but uh, the Kyle Kuzma is a real issue there because they need to keep him healthy. He's an X factor. But I, I agree. The point guard position, you know, Rondo has been there. He's done it. He's, he, I, I, I don't know. I, I do, do you feel like he could be the guy that can close
0: out games for them? I don't know about that. I mean, I just don't know if the defense is going to yeah to care enough, frankly. I, I hate to put it that simply, but are they going to guard him or are they going to sag off him and make it more difficult for everybody else? If I think about a closeout Lakers 5 – I honestly think probably LeBron at one, Danny Green at two, and then you get into maybe Kuzma and, and Anthony Davis. You have to mix those guys in as well. I don't know how that works out, but I think if, if it's in that last five minutes and you have to have your best guys out there, I almost feel like LeBron's the point.
1: For sure. That would be, he's definitely had the ball in his hands, and then you're going to have to have um, you know, Anthony Davis at center, so sure. uh, for those lineups and so there's a, there's another position in there. We have to, we have to fill in and uh, but, you know, it's overwhelming with LeBron and Anthony Davis. So you, you could argue that you could throw out there, you know, uh, I don't know, um, KCP or, um, you know, Avery Bradley and that, they, that could kind of cover that. The other positions. OK, so we'll see because they, they're going to need like, you know, an Avery Bradley's kind of defense. Uh, you know they're going to need that as much as they can because I agree that LeBron will probably coast on defense. And so the irony here is that they they probably where do you think they might end up in the con- in the conference rankings
0: by the end of the year in the West? Well, so here's my take on all this stuff. I think a team that's as as veteran and and reliant on a guy who's what 34 in LeBron James does a little bit of coasting in the regular season. So I can see a, a two-slash-three seed. I don't think they necessarily push for a one seed. I don't think they care, a team that has that much experience. Uh, so I could see a two- or a three-seed. I could see some other teams trying to go for that one seed a, a, and valuing it a little more. Oh, without question. And I, and I think
1: they'll, they'll, they'll earn it more than the Lakers will. I'm I think the Lakers could be fourth. Yeah. No. Well, uh, who do you put above? You put the Clippers above them. Yeah. Uh, who else do you you put the Nuggets above them? Uh, well, listen, the Nuggets are they're they're so good, and they and they did some really great additions on the off season. Uh, you got um, you know Houston could could do it because it's a you know a regular season team. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No. Uh, but
0: I, I, I'm forgetting somebody else. Who am I forgetting in the in the uh, West? Well, uh, Portland was in the conference oh. finals last year. They could be a team that you could think of that way. Uh, I, I don't what know what Portland did. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, you know, people are really high on Utah this offseason. Uh, I don't know if they're that high. I don't know if I would think of them that high. But there's, there's several teams that, that could go up there. But again, to me, the veteran teams don't so much value that one seed. And also what's interesting to me is we, we've talked all this time about a Western Conference preview, and we haven't even mentioned Golden State. That's how much the landscape has changed.
1: You know, they played the Lakers like 10 times in the preseason. <laughs> that was their only opponent, yes. Yeah, and, um, you know, it obviously it, you know, it didn't look good. They, they're not full strength. I mean, part of me felt like, oh, this is going to be Steph Curry's last year to remind us all that he's a two-time MVP. Um, but when, when, the, when the rest of the roster is unbalanced as much as it was like what we saw in the preseason, it was tough for him. So yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. Do you think they're going to mean – are they going to struggle to make the playoffs here? Uh,
0: I, I think they make the playoffs. I think it's – you're talking 7-8 seed. Uh, so I guess that is a struggle to make the playoffs. Uh, the thing for me is the team that you see in November is at least in Golden State's ideal scenario, not the team you see in May. Cause somehow clay gets back in may and he looks like some reasonable facsimile of himself and is pouring in three pointers. And then that machine starts to look a little more like what we're used to. And that could throw a wild card into the whole chase as well. So I, I think that's a fascinating story, but, uh, You know, I I hear a lot of people predicting Steph Curry to win the MVP, and I'll go back to what I said about the Lakers. I don't know it's a good idea for a guy that age to chase something like that. That's a regular season award. The last guy in his 30s to win the MVP was Steve Nash. Uh, And, you know, it's just it's just not a uh, 30 something guys award. It's a younger guys award. You know, that, that's a great point,
1: and I just feel like there's just going to be pressure on him. I mean, I know that they still have D'Angelo Russell to do a lot of that stuff, too, so we'll see. But um, I have a feeling they're going to have stretches of every game where Steph is going to feel like, if I don't score here, we are not going to score, and I'm going to yes. have to do it. And, Imagine
0: the pressure, too, on him
1: for that. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, you know, obviously everybody looks better when you have All-Stars and Hall of Famers alongside you. We know that for sure, but... You know, when you he's not like at least in the preseason, he didn't have NBA players next to him on some of those possessions. And it was tough. But um, if there's anybody that can figure it out, it would be the uh, it'd be the the Warriors. I guess the question there is, is, you know, how close do they have to be? uh, What part of the mix do they need to be in to make them decide to bring Clay back in May? You know what I'm saying? Because they could easily say, you know what? Where doesn't you know, we're we're eighth. It's not really going to happen. It's not worth it.
0: Yeah, I think they have to monitor his knee really. I mean, I think it's his health that determines it. If they say, man, he's close on March 1st, if that's their determination, and then they look at their record and they're seventh, then I think, you know, you start angling for maybe a a third week in March and see if you can get a playoff seed and make a run at it, because you legitimately could. Klay Thompson's that good that he could change the entire trajectory of that team. I still, you know... When they had Kevin Durant, all bets were off. Uh, I mean, he was the ultimate tiebreaker. He was the the ultimate weapon, frankly. So uh, they aren't that anymore, but I still think they could make a run if they get healthy at the right time.
1: Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it could go either way. And I also feel like they could be looking at it going, damn, we could get a top 10 pick if we don't make the playoffs yeah. and, we, and add that to a healthy clay, a healthy Steph Curry, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, they can go on a run the next year. So um, I, we'll have to keep our eye on that for sure, but there's going to, they must already have it in their mind, you know, whatever seating they are. If it's at, at some position too low then maybe they don't bring back clay at all and then take the emotion out of the decision. We'll have to see. And I got to break in here because, of course, Steve Kerr was quoted this morning on Tuesday as saying that Clay is most likely out for the season, which made a lot of sense to me yesterday when we were recording this and even more now just because it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to bring him back that late in the season and try and integrate him to another team that's already been uh, fomented and hardened uh, for a whole season. So uh, that's the new latest news. So we're not going to see Clay Thompson at all. And, you know, that could very well mean that the Warriors won't make the playoffs. Back to the pod.
0: Yeah, I think it'll be fun, and I think uh, you, you make a good point about, like, how management has to address that. It, it would be – it's a challenging job, but I think it would be a lot of fun to try to figure out what's the best way going forward with, with, with this decision uh, because the, the other component of all this is they're moving into a new, yeah. super impressive arena. And, you know, here in Atlanta, they, our baseball team, the Braves, moved into a uh, new stadium and just lost right away, and they lost some of that buzz. Uh, I don't think Golden State's in danger of losing buzz. But, boy, you don't want to go into that new arena a loser. Right. Wait, you mean
1: Atlanta's not playing in Fulton
0: County County Stadium anymore? We're we're two stadiums beyond that, I believe. Oh, wow. And and gosh knows I'm sure they'll build a new one soon if if they don't win a (laughs) World Series soon. All right. So I guess it's the last
1: time I really watched baseball then. Sorry. Sorry, my Cubs. But um, OK, well, let's let's I'll wrap this up. I, I kind of wanted to hear a little bit about more about the process of what you're doing and how crazy it ends up being sometimes during the season when they have to find you wherever you might be to record these things. You know, what's the strangest place you've ever had to record your highlight to, up, to upload it back to uh, to
0: the mothership or we can't call it the mothership, whatever we call it? <laughs> I've I've uh, I've recorded highlights on a boat out in the Gulf of Mexico Uh, I've recorded in Europe. I've recorded in Maui. I've recorded in Eric Pinkus's car in Las Vegas. Uh, I've I've done it all. I really have. I I could probably go on and on. I've recorded uh, on a ski slope in Whistler, Vancouver. Uh, So just anyway, and a lot of this, frankly, I I used to do a lot more breaking news uh, remote voiceovers. So something would break and I would just record something. So I would pull over wherever I was in the world and do something right that minute. That slowed down a bit. We do a little more TV now, but- Mm -hmm. Uh, my gosh, it, it, it has been wild, and uh, some of the places that I've had to stop and record, it's just bananas.
1: Wow, I, I think I might vote for Eric Pinkus's car as the craziest place we've had to record. Uh, but <laughs> he and, and would I, too. And I guess, what do you 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 have a, a, a somewhat of a nice mic with you that you can carry with you and record?
0: Absolutely. I, I have several, in fact, and, and I can I can travel with the kit and, and get all my stuff done remotely. I go in from time to time, too. Uh, it's 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 honestly it's quicker and more efficient to do it remotely, as weird as that sounds, because there's just so much equipment involved that you have to boot up. And if it crashes, then it stops everything and you have to start all over. So uh, believe it or not, the the USB mic even is is a better solution for us. But um, it's it's a fun process. I can't tell you how much fun this job is on a day-to-day basis. Some of the highlights we've done, some of the stuff we've done, it's, it's just a joy.
1: Well, Bo, it was a joy to hang out with you for a little bit and do a podcast with you. I can't thank you enough for coming on the show.
0: Oh, it's been my pleasure. I'm a huge fan of what you do. Uh, it's really different than what I do. So I, I feel like one of the things that, that that Twitter and the Internet has done is connected a lot of people. And I am constantly learning. And, and that's from a guy who's 26 years now in this business. Wow. Well, thank you so much for, for being part of the conversation at B-Ball Breakdown.
1: Uh, I really appreciate that. I cannot wait to hear you tomorrow night. Oh, uh, we'll yes, probably sir. drop this tomorrow, but it'll be uh, tonight. <laughs> and yeah. um, I can't wait to hear you get the, lay down those, those highlights. Unfortunately, we're not going to have any highlights of Zion yet, but I'm sure you'll be quickly in the next few weeks uh, Be you know going crazy over what he's doing. That just gives me more time to prepare, Nick. That's all I can say. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to, uh, to see that. Thank you so much. And thanks for joining us, sports fans. And don't forget, at B-Ball Breakdown, not a channel, we're a conversation. You in? Are you in, Bo? I'm absolutely in all the time. (laughs) All right.